Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. Welcome, everybody, to Watermark. Good to see you this morning. What an amazing day God has given us to worship Him. I see some shorts out there in the middle of the winter, only in California, right? That is awesome, awesome. Well, I'm Pastor Bucky. That's Pastor Ben. Especially if you're here the first time, you, you kind of came, and we want to welcome you guys, first-time guests, online visitors, welcome to. Uh, this is kind of a historic day for Watermark Church, and we've been leading up this day for about four years uh, as we celebrate God's goodness uh, to the generations, part of our vision uh, through leadership succession here at Watermark, the, the verse that we began this year off with that God gave to the elder board because we, were, we knew this year was a succession year was from Psalm 100. Here's what it says. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. And that's that amazing thing. God's love is seen, this eternal love, this all-knowing, all-powerful love. It is seen as it passes from one generation to the next, and we see his faithfulness. And I'm so excited to celebrate that here today because God has been so faithful to Watermark over the last four years as God brought Ben and myself together to partner together in the vision that he's given our church, which is about building a generational community that flourishes uh, through God conversations and the authentic love of Christ. And so as Ben and I have been partnering together, it's been an amazing season to work together, to see that vision begin to take root and start to flourish and bear fruit at our church. So amazing. And and then now the the final culmination of that is uh, the passing of the baton today. I get to take the baton of leadership and put it in this young guy's hand and see him take it to the next generations. I get to sort of become a spiritual grandfather here, teaching pastor, but spiritual grandfather. I love being a grandfather because he brings the kids. He has, you know, Ben has nine kids. He brings them over to my house, and I play with them for about an hour, and then I, I get to give them back. And so I get to still be in the church and play with you guys a little bit. But when you get cranky and you need a timeout, I give you to Ben. And he takes care of it all. Hey, man, what a better deal. I mean, do I have the best job in the world right there? I'm so excited for you, Ben. Way to go. It's going to be fun. But, you know, uh, succession is not just something that's happening here at uh, our church. It's something that God is doing throughout the church in America. We're seeing this happen uh, throughout the church as one generation is giving the baton to another through organizations and everything. We see this happen in families all the time, but we see this happen throughout Scripture. God uses succession from one generation to the next throughout Scripture to bring his generational blessing to all through the generations. If we go even back to the book of Genesis, when God began to work with mankind after the fall, he chose a man Abram. He named him Abraham, and he gave him this covenant blessing. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. This is what he said to Abram. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those uh, who curse you. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. How did that happen? That happened as that covenant blessing went from Abraham to Isaac, right? From Isaac to Jacob. From Jacob to the 12, who became from a clan to a nation, right? 
And through the nation of Israel, one generation to the next, that blessing was passed. And it finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ, right? The Messiah came out of Israel, right? Who was not just the Messiah, the King of Israel. He was Savior of the world. And he lived this perfect life. He died this perfect death on the cross for all of our sins, our brokenness, our shame, and our guilt. He went into the ground. He rose from the dead. We just sang about that in this service here. He rose from the dead, and the church was born, and that blessing passed into the church. And now as one disciple passes it to another disciple, whether it's in a family system or whether it's in the church family, when one spiritual father or mother passes it to the next generation, that blessing passes through, and we all participate. As Paul said in Galatians, we become children of Abraham through faith, and we bring ourselves right into that covenantal blessing through faith. Is, is God good? Let's just, let's just celebrate, and let's give God a hand, because he is so faithful to us as we see this pass through the generations, and that's why we're here today at Watermark. If that didn't happen, we wouldn't be here. And so we're so thankful for the generations, and I'm so thankful that we see it uh, throughout history. It also happens in leadership. As you remember reading the scriptures, you can see these great batons pass from one leader to the next. Moses to Joshua. What a great baton pass. You don't, you don't want to drop the baton. You ever seen that relay race? The Olympics are coming up this summer. And you know in the relay race, you know that baton passes everything to the race. You can have the fastest guys, the most gifted guys, or women. But if that baton pass doesn't happen, the race is, 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 is failed, right? And so that baton pass is so important. We see it in leadership. David to Solomon. Prophetic, Elijah to Elisha. Jesus to the 12. Oh, my gosh, what an amazing baton pass. Those men took the gospel, and they took it to the whole world, right? And then Paul to Timothy. This is an amazing thing, the opportunity to be a part of that. And that's not just for them. That's for us, too. You see, Watermark does not exist in tomorrow's world unless we, this generation, takes our faith in the gospel and passes it to the next generation, to our children, to our grand. I'm working on my grandchildren already. I get, to, I get to read the Bible with Levi and Evie and teach them God's word as a grandfather. I'm trying to pass that baton to them through Ben's family to the next generation, my grandchildren. All of us get to participate in that. Every person in Watermark is a part of that. Some of us might be the seasoned generation. Some of us might be the next generation. But this is all of our call as God's people. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples, right? Go ahead and pass the baton to the next generation. We see it throughout history. We see it throughout leadership. We see it in the church. And I'm so thankful that today at Watermark, it's a story because I get to celebrate that in my family. Not only the leadership pass, but a pass from into my own family. It's a very unique thing, and I'm very, very thankful for this opportunity today. It's something that, as I woke up early this morning with my wife, and we began to think about it and pray, it just brought incredible thankfulness to us, uh, tears to our eyes that we get a chance to do this, because it doesn't often happen in the life of a leader. I mean, throughout Scripture, only about 25% of the leaders in Scripture actually finish well. And so to finish well is a unique thing, and to be able to pass the baton as a gift from God, because as a leader, when you pass the baton, first of all, you get to see God's greatness and his goodness. You get to see the people that came before you to pour into this blessing, right? You get to see how God was faithful on your watch, but then as you pass the baton, you get to see the legacy that you've given your life for. It doesn't die with you. It gets passed into the next generation and continues to flourish. I was a church planter in Orange County and planted a church about 14 years ago. 
And the first year of the church plant is like, you know, that's like Normandy. It's like saving Private Ryan, man. It's like the first 20 minutes of that. It's, it is a mess. If you can survive the first year, you're, you've, you, you, you've, you're, there's just maybe about 20% of church planters left after the first year. But then to make it five years, right, you feel blessed. Oh, my gosh, I made it five years. But then to continue on, and all of a sudden it's been 14 years now. 14 years, I am so thankful for God's blessing to this church and the, the ability to lead this church and now to pass the baton. Succession is this great gift that God gives us. And God couldn't have chosen a better partner for me than Ben Appleby. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, if you know us, we're kind of the exact opposite. You know, I'm an introvert. He's an extrovert, right? I'm sort of a contemplative, quiet guy, man. He's the energizer bunny. He's out there all going, all cylinders firing. We're like these opposite ends of the spectrum. And yet, as God has brought us together, we've been able to blend a beautiful vision, been able to work together and partner. And I've experienced such blessing from Ben. And I've been able to pass that blessing. And he's, he's just done this so well. We started about four years ago with a national search. Jerry Tallow helped lead our elder board as we looked for the succession person. It came after a, a really a dark time in my leadership. We'd, I'd had a failed partnership. I had two major surgeries, back surgery and heart surgery. I was at the bottom of my game. I was about ready to, to let go and say, I can't do this anymore. But as God began to revive the church, um, God began to stir me and say, hey, and the board, it's time for you to look for the next leader, the next person that's going to take over this vision and pass the baton. And I'm so thankful that that national search led to our own backyard here. Ben was at the Crossing Church and through the board and and. and uh, and the blessing of Jerry, we were able to choose Ben and ask him, and he said yes. And that, that started a huge, wonderful time of equipping for Ben. And so the last three years has been kind of a full-court press for Ben and, and the board and all of us who have been pouring into Ben. Uh, the first year was Ben watching me. The second year, we did it together. And the third year, I've watched Ben. That's this year. I've watched him. And it's been a unique year in the church, Right. Something called COVID happened to us all, right? And talk about a leadership challenge. Talk about an organizational challenge. Talk about a church challenge. And I'm just so proud of Ben to see his gifts begin to flourish as he has helped us through this year in so many beautiful ways and brought our team to the next level. One of the things that Ben did uniquely was the technology. You know, I don't even have a Facebook page. I'll confess that I feel I don't even have a Facebook. I wouldn't even know what to do with Instagram, right? I'm this old guy, and guess what? Our church is on Instagram, Facebook. We live stream podcasts. We're reaching five times more people than we reached before pre-COVID. And you know why? Because the young technology boy knows how to do this stuff. You see his face on there all the time. And it wouldn't happen without a leader like that that could see. This is a bridge to the future. And if you're going to reach people of the next generation, you've got to understand this stuff. The other thing is Ben with his risk-taking, apostolic nature, that's part of his gifting. Hey, you know what? We need a coffee shop. A coffee shop in the middle of COVID? <laughs> Come on. You're crazy, Ben Appleby. Anybody want to build a coffee shop in the middle of COVID with everything shut down? I mean, what are you thinking? Well, let's let the young guy give it a try. You know, even if he fails, we'll pick him up and help him to do you know our coffee shop is flourishing right now? You know there's 100 people that come every day? You know the next generation is coming to this church as part of that is the coffee shop? Praise God. God has used a lot of Ben's gifts in this last year, and I can see them begin to percolate and flourish. And I'm so excited to have a chance to pass the baton and be on his team for the future and watch this fun ride begin to happen. 
Uh, ben has grown so much. I've seen his communication skills grow, his, his ability to build a staff culture, uh, develop and call new leaders, cast vision, work with a church budget and all a board and all the stuff we have to do. Ben has begun to thrive and flourish in all these areas. And I'm so excited for what's going to happen next as we pass this baton. It's going to be a, a great ride. And I really want to appreciate the elders. The elders are in our midst and first service, second service. The elders have really uh, prepared uh, the platform for Ben. They have worked diligently to give Ben a facility that's, you know, top of its game. A new, new roof, new paint inside. When we go to go back inside, sound, everything's, you know, teed up for this church to go to the next level. Uh, the finances are great. The budget, we have had a great giving year so far. And so Ben has, has the financial wherewithal to continue to pour forth that vision. We have a unified board. We have a great staff, probably the best staff we've ever had. So Ben, you know, the, I kicked the tires, man. They are good. What's under the hood is ready to roll, man. You take it and go, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to thrive. And so I'm so excited to hand that to you, Ben. But more than all that stuff that we talk about, the thing that I, I love about Ben, the thing that I'm so encouraged about Ben is his heart for his family. I get to watch that. I, I get to see the leadership side of Ben, but I'm also, being a family member, I get to go over to the house and look behind the curtain and see what really happens. And what Ben faces every morning is nothing compared to the, I mean, his, the church is nothing compared to what he faces every morning when nine, nine you know, rascals come at him and want everything from him, and he has to deal with them every day. You are well-equipped for the church, Ben. But I love... I love the way he cares for his family, the way he loves uh, my daughter, his wife, and the time that he, he really uh, carves out to spend into God's word. And we talk about the, all that time that, this, that, the, that leadership comes out of abiding. It comes out of a heart that is connected to Christ. And I see that in Ben, and I know that that is where his core, that's what's going to keep him on the right path. And so, um, Ben, I'm so excited for this day. You know, it's, it's come, and uh, it's a blessing for me. And I wanted to give you uh, a verse that God gave to me about four years ago when I was uh, going through the most difficult time I talked about in my leadership path. And uh, I was going to leave and quit, and, uh, but God said no through my wife. Praise God. Ben, listen to your wife because God will speak through your wife. And God spoke through my wife, and I didn't, I didn't give up. And then the Lord gave me a verse as I stayed in that time waiting for what God was going to do. And this is what he said as I took the mantle of Watermark and continued it forward. And God has brought us to this place and been so faithful to us. It's really God's call to Joshua as he took the baton of leadership from Moses. This is a succession verse that God gave to me about being strong and courageous in, in the most difficult season, Ben. And, and this verse is going to serve you well as I call you and we commission you and pray over you here today. Here's what it says. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Ben, as God has been with me, 
He's going to be with you. Be careful to take his word. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Continue to do it, teach it, and lead people in this way as long as you lead this church. For that's where your success, that's where your prosperity will be. And be strong and courageous, but do not be afraid of circumstances. Do not be afraid of the challenges. Do not be afraid of the lies that will come against you. But instead, stand strong. Then you will be prosperous and successful because God is with you, Ben, wherever you go. I love you, Ben. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all that you've done and you've accomplished. I'm so thankful that you came into my life and I get a chance to do this here today. Um, I can't wait to be on your team and see things you know, flourish in the future and serve you and support you. It's going to be a great, great ride, but I'm so proud of you today. And I want to uh, pass the baton now in the service to Jerry Tallow, who's been a big part of this whole thing. Jerry was a part of the search process, and Jerry has kind of walked with Ben and I on the board through this, coached us, prayed for us. He's one of Ben's mentors, and uh, he's a blessing to me and has been, been very helpful for me through many seasons. Jerry, thank you so much for what you've done, for helping us choose the next leader and helping me finish strong. I appreciate that so much. Thank you, Jerry. And thank you, all of you, for coming today and just for supporting me and supporting the church. We're so, so thankful for that. Thank you, brother. Good morning, Watermark. Whether you're here or online, welcome to this historic day. And before we begin our ceremony, I want to commend Pastor Bucky and his precious wife, Kathleen. Uh, you notice he took zero credit for any of this. And at the end, he said, I look forward to serving on your team. You know, men, guys, listen to me. Men are typically insecure beasts. And the last thing we want to give away is power and authority to somebody else. And here is this precious man willingly do this, doing this. It's an example to all of us. And I know very well, because I've been with Bucky all of these years through the, the valley of the shadow of death he walked with, um, his humility and Kathleen's and their integrity to serve the body of Christ, asking nothing in return, uh, is really why God has put his hand and blessing and favor on Watermark. Because the Lord opposes the proud, but gives favor to the humble. And I have never seen Bucky wield authority like he was trying to hold on to it. He's always held it loosely, and he's made it a safe place for others. And so Watermark is such a safe family church because of this man. Can we acknowledge that for a moment? So this is a covenant commissioning ceremony. I am absolutely honored to be a part of it with this precious man who's become a spiritual son to me. So what will happen here over these next few minutes, uh, this will authorize and empower the faithful son to assume the seat and mantle of lead pastor. And there will be a holy charge to care for the souls of the flock and to lead the elders in applying biblical government in protecting and equipping and guiding Watermark OC Church. Now, every covenant that may, is made requires an exchange. A husband and a wife exchange vows, and at the core of that in Christ is, are you willing to lay your lives down for one another? I give you my devotion, I give you my devotion. When David and Jonathan 
made covenant at Jonathan's insistence, they exchanged belts and weapons as symbols. In this covenant exchange between the father of the house and the son of the house, Bucky is handing the authority and power of the seat of lead pastor to Ben. Ben, in exchange, is offering his loyalty, energy, gifting, and the spirit of sonship, which means he brings an accountability. I can confirm to you folks, and I do publicly bless this transfer of power here, I can confirm that this man is a man under authority. And if you're not under authority, you have no right to carry authority in the church or anywhere else. I'm kind of a stickler about that or I wouldn't be here. But I have watched him submit and we meet regularly and I, I can tell you firsthand uh, and I can commend this man to you wholeheartedly that if I ever bring something to Ben or challenge him on it, he takes it to the Lord, he totally submits to God. He doesn't run from any of it. And so I have witnessed the growth in, in him in humility with teachableness. So Ben, we're going to ask you to come forward, brother. And I'm going to step over here. And Bucky, you get on that side. So this part includes the charge and basically the vows. There are two parties. There is the candidate and there is the congregation who are the witnesses. But first, I ask the father who is authorized to hand over that baton or transfer the authority and power of a seat. Bucky, do you willingly, before God and man, transfer the seat and mantle of lead pastor to water, of Watermark O.C. Church to Benjamin Appleby? I do it with honor and great joy. Amen. Benjamin Appleby, do you willingly, in the fear of God, before these witnesses that you are called to serve, Accept this solemn responsibility as lead pastor of Watermark O.C. Church and vow to discharge your holy duties to the best of your ability by the grace of Almighty God. That I do. Ben, I hereby charge you, my brother, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to lead this house with a sacred blend of justice and mercy, handling the holy scriptures with humility, Caring for your people with Christ's compassion, I charge you to walk soberly as the watchman of the covenant that Watermark OC Church has with the Most High God. Do you accept this charge? Yes, I do. I now want to ask those that are a part of Watermark Church, whether you're here in person or you're online, would you please stand? You are making covenant with Ben, and he is making covenant with you. There is a mutual accountability. This isn't just Ben is the boss. This means in mutual accountability of any covenant that he is accountable to you for the vow he just took. So I ask you this. Do you willingly accept Benjamin Appleby as the new leader, lead pastor of Watermark OC Church, as recommended to you this day? And if you do except that just speak loudly the word yes. Yes. One more time. Yes. All right, you've got him. I charge you <laughs> to pray for him regularly that he would always find grace to fulfill faithfully the duties to which God calls him. And I would also implore you to show patience and forbearance 
as Ben grows into the maturity of his calling from God, which has been in process and is now, let's say, maybe in the second quarter of the game. Amen. God bless you all, and thank you. Please be seated. Bucky and I are going to lay hands on Ben. I'm going to speak a prophetic blessing over him now. <clears throat> ben, we bless you with insight, with foresight, with wisdom, endurance, courage, and compassion that a lead pastor needs to excel. I bless you to carry out the responsibilities with a healthy balance of risk and prudence. Bucky spoke about your risk-taking ability. I, we've all seen it. We love it. Um, but there will always it'll always be tempered with prudence. So the Lord always wants you to make sure you have an ear toward those that have wisdom in that arena as you build and inspire and do battle for Christ's kingdom. To you and Riley, the Lord says, be yourselves. Your wife is your wife. She's not the pastor's wife. And your job, first and foremost, your responsibility is to her and her family. But you two are mold breakers and mold shepherd, shepherds men. Not many, I mean mold shapers, not many at your age have nine children, especially here in California. I have eight kids, by the way, so I feel right at home with this dude. But remember this, the strength of your family, the wholeness and health of your family, is what will always free you with the strength and wholeness to lead Watermark OC Church. A weak family breeds a weak man who is a weak pastor who leads out of his insecurity. You will lead out of the security of Christ in you because your family has your back. And never forget that as a priority. And lastly, I have told Ben over these years in the, I've lost count how many times we have met, the Lord has put in him a strong and powerful apostolic gift. And it's, it's been in the embryo and birthing stages. And as we lay hands on him now, we are going to call upon the Holy Spirit to release and activate this gift in him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you now by the power of your Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands, to release the apostolic gift and anointing you have put in Ben Appleby that Bucky and I both bear witness to. May your Holy Spirit empower it and sharpen it and may it continue to be at work from this moment forward as he takes the steps into the seat of lead pastor. May the apostolic vision and insight and foresight and courage always be there, but also with the heart of the Father because there is no such thing as a successful apostolic ministry that's all about apostling. It's about being a father in the faith. Paul said you have thousands of teachers, but very few fathers. So Ben, God is calling you, even at a young age, to walk in the heart and spirit of a father. For this gift is not just for Watermark, it is initially for Orange County, and it will spread beyond that. And there will be a generation and then another generation of leaders you will raise up. And you'll raise them up as a father, not just as an equipper. And they will be sons. And they'll be raised up to take leadership here and in planting other churches. And there will be sons in Orange County and then beyond as time progresses. This is a powerful calling, and it's also a dangerous one. It requires constant humility 
constant strength in the marriage, constant walking in covenant with your brothers and sisters. We set you apart and bless you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, folks, you watch what is going to happen because this, this mantle the Lord put in Ben before he was conceived in the womb is very, very powerful and it will have a tremendous impact. We're now going to ask our brother Lauren Pine, who is the chairman of the elders, to come forth and pray the covenant prayer of installation of our brother. Ben, I'm going to stand behind you because that's where I'm going to be and beside you. <clears throat> On behalf of the elders, I want to let you all know that everything you have heard here this morning, we agree with. We are for this. And I've come to pray for all of us who are going to be his sheep, the ones he's going to lead us. And so I'm going to ask you again, if you would, stand as I pray. Lord, Father, Savior, Holy Spirit, it is indeed your blessing upon us that we've come to this place. We're thankful, Lord, for the faithfulness of Bucky and now for your call on, on Ben. It's always amazing, Lord, to see your love your wisdom, your action take place in the hearts of people. And so, Lord, we as the church pray your blessing upon Ben as he takes this role of being our shepherd. He's made a covenant with us. And so we want you to, to bless him. We want you to protect him. We ask for your protection uh, around him as our enemy will try to come after him. And then, Lord, we ask that you would empower him. You've given him a wonderful gift, such giftedness that, uh, Lord, we believe and that we hold together that you have put the right man in the right place. And so, Lord, we look forward to this. We commit ourselves to you and to him as we look forward to going into a world and making disciples and doing what you've called us to do and to be. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Please be seated, folks. Ben, uh, my favorite part, Bucky and I have a gift for you. And I hope all the men out there get quite jealous when you see this gift. In fact, the younger you are, the greater your level of jealousy. Here, hold this for This here, this is a replica of the Roman gladius sword, one of the most lethal weapons in the history of warfare. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, when I opened the box, I thought, yeah, I'm not giving this to Ben, I'm going to keep it. My five sons and my three sons-in-law have all received swords from me. And this is from me and Bucky to our son here. Uh, 
This sword has an incredible point and very sharp, and it was specially designed and put in the hands of a trained Roman soldier was lethal and deadly, and it was the main weaponry used in the Roman phalanx for them to conquer the known world. But more importantly for Ben, this is a symbol, brother, to you both symbolically, soberly, and in fun of the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. And it's a reminder that every day you have to walk in the fear of God and handle the Word of God carefully because it is the most powerful weapon on earth. So, our son in the faith, why don't you draw forth your gift? There it is. And as the sword bearer, I now would like to introduce to you, for the very first time, the new lead pastor of Watermark OC Church, Benjamin Appleby. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Bucky. Wow, that's a powerful, powerful symbol. I just want to thank you guys. I'm going to invite the band up and just say a couple more quick words to wind down our service today. And the first words I have are just thanks. Just my heart is overflowing and overwhelmed with thanks and gratitude for, for you, Bucky, and Jerry, and Lauren, and um, all of you guys making today possible. You really are. This is a communal moment. Not just witnesses, but as Jerry said, mutual holders in these vows and this agreement that we've just made. And um, I just know that the exact right people are here today that God picked, again, before the beginning of time to be a part of this with me. So I just want to thank you so much. And there's an image that God gave me, I think it was four years ago in May. I'll tell you a little story about this, this kind of impression God gave me. I'm pretty sure it was from him, and I don't know if I said it or not that day, but I'm saying it now. It was definitely meant for today. But four years ago, May, I stood on the stage in that inside sanctuary, having just finished my first and last full marathon. I stood up there, and the stinky, sticky, gross, had no time to turn over, I was working at one church, and this was my first day at Watermark. I was doing youth ministry at the crossing, and I, I came over my very first day at Watermark, and I just felt this impression, this still, small voice in my head saying, yes, Ben, be prepared. In fact, I am preparing you to run the marathon of church ministry. And I just thought, man, that's, that's what I'm agreeing to. That is perfect, and that's, that's suiting, that that is what I'm agreeing to, is to run this marathon with you, for you, with and for my family, with and for the city, those who are not yet here but will be one day, to run the marathon. In fact, as, as I was thinking about that, there's this verse that probably a lot of you guys will remember, a famous one about running the race. The author of Hebrews put it like this. He starts in, in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud, large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, he's talking about all the faith warriors and leaders that came before him just like these men have gone before me and they will continue to run ahead of me and beside me and behind me. These great people of faith, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. And here's the key part. Here's the only way we can run a distance race. The only way. And there's a key right here. It says keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. 
That's the whole deal. That's what I'm interested in doing at this point in my life. I do want to run the marathon. I'm tired of the sprints. I'm tired of burning out. I just want to run the long and, and arduous, hard race that is the marathon set before us. And, I, and all I want to do is keep my eyes on Jesus. And there were some lessons that I learned. In fact, I wrote a blog post those years ago, four years ago. I thought maybe someone else can learn from this marathon experience. There were several learnings. But three of them, I think, are applicable to us today and what we're doing. And the first one was this. Stick to your plan. Stick to your plan. You know, when I was training for the marathon, I, I would run comfortably about a nine uh, minute and 30 second mile. And I worked all the way up to 20 miles during training, going 9.30. And then I went to work that morning. I felt pretty good. That's my body. That's my mind. That, that's everything telling me 9.30 is the pace for you. But then I show up on race day and there's these odd folks who look like professionals and they're wielding a sign overhead. And overhead, this sign says these different timestamps. I didn't even totally understand that that's what they were, but they were. And I find myself jogging along for 10, 12, 15, 18 miles with, the, with a timestamp that says 8.55. And of course, that was for the runner who's prepared to run an eight minute and 55 per mile pace. Remember, your boy was training at 9.30. So do you think I was ready to tap out and give up at mile 20? I was done. I was done. I didn't stick to the plan. I didn't stick to the instructions laid out for me in advance. I lost my way. I don't wanna do that anymore. I wanna hold fast to this roadmap to these plans that the maker of heaven and earth has articulated for us to use and then to reveal to us through the spirit that's in every single one of us. The second thing that I learned um, was don't go alone. Don't go alone. And you may be thinking, Ben, you were surrounded by thousands of other runners. How could you have ever been alone? Well, that was cool, but that was nothing compared to the people cheering me on at strategically placed mile markers. At mile 15, having someone at the bridge just cheering, someone I know, a familiar face, saying, Ben, we're for you. Go, you can do it. Do you know the rush of endorphins and adrenaline and even emotions I felt that got me through another five miles? And then another group of family members there close to the, the OC fairgrounds right there on the sidewalk cheering me on. Run the race, you can do it. So critical have those people to finish the race. And that's you. That's the elders. That's the staff team. I do not believe in a model that has one lone wolf at the top of the pyramid. I don't believe in that model. I'll never subscribe to that model. That is not the authority that's been imparted to us as pastors, as ministers, as saints, all of you, as representatives of Christ in the community. That's not the model. I'm interested in leading alongside you and these great men and women that God has put alongside me. And that's gonna be my vow, my commitment, to run with you. And finally, the, one of the lessons I learned in running that long, long race that day was to take one step at a time. You see, I had a friend who was so knowledgeable. She had ran so many marathons and she tried to give me that advice. It didn't sink in because you can't know what you don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Like when you haven't done it yet, you can't know what you don't know. And she said, Ben, just beware, the, the race begins at mile 20. <laughs> it's just starting at mile 20. And boy, was that so true, because I wanted to give up. I was so done. I had burned out. I didn't stick to my plan. I didn't listen to the, to, the, to, the, to the wisdom of the plan. 
And I got to this stretch of road over by Harbor Boulevard and, and, and Fair, and, and I came up alongside this guy, and he was like, I was walking, but I, I was going the same speed as him, and he was jogging. And I just thought, that's beautiful. That's perfect. If I can just put one foot in front of the other, then I can finish this thing. It doesn't matter how fast I'm moving. I just need to put one foot in front of the other. And here's where I invite you again, Watermark community members, guests, new friends to the church who are just trying to find out, is this the place for me or not? Here's the, 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 the deal I'm making with you. When, I, when it feels like maybe myself or the elders or the staff are, are, are outpacing the plan, and I'm running ahead because maybe I didn't get that time with God that Bucky talked about, you know? Maybe I had to wake up and the kids just overran me and I didn't get that time, but you have. You trusted leaders and volunteers of the church. You have met with God that morning and you sense, you know what, maybe there's a word of wisdom or caution or discernment for Ben. Would you bring it to me? I'm asking you, I'm inviting you, I'm opening my soul to say, I invite you to play that part and run alongside with me one step at a time. I want to make sure that's included in our vows, included in our covenant, because I'm not interested in doing it alone. I want to stick to this plan. And I want to do it one step at a time, not in a rush, not in a hurry. I've done that for the last 30 plus years of my life. I've done the rushed model. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, I want to take risk and I want to believe God for all that he is and all that he has for us. But in wisdom and in grace, one step at a time. And so if you're interested in that, would you just take this time? We're going to sing this song, this powerful theme song, The Blessing, which is just a complete emblem of everything we've talked about this morning for our children's children's children. Sing it with us. And there's this line, amen. We'll say amen again and again and again. That word means so be it. If you are signing on for that today, then say that with a resounding, emphatic, soul-felt response. That I say, so be it, God. I'm signing on for this. At this time, in this place called Watermark, this local church. So would you join me in prayer? Then we're going to sing this song together. Jesus, I just thank you so much for this ceremony. I'm humbled. I'm awed. I feel like a child. I feel like a boy, God. I feel like this just wreck, God, a puddle in the floor. Woe is me, a man of unclean lips, God. I know not what I ask. I know not even what I'm signing on for. But Jesus, with you, I can do anything with you, Jesus. Through Christ who strengthens me, I can run this marathon. We, God, it's not about one man. It's about us, God, your bride, running the race with endurance set before us so your bride can be beautiful, God. You will ensure that it takes place. You will make sure that your bride is a conquering, victorious community of Christ followers. Men, women, and children outside in this entire just patio and into the street, God, that every single heart would be moved. Every single mind, every body would be moved to action this morning as we sing this song together. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.